This broadcast is part of the IC Robots Radio Network. Visit icrobots.com for this and many other nerd slash nostalgia related podcasts. You won't be sorry for long. Toys R Us report, recorded live from inside the Pooptronic Cellular Undersea Base 0001, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. In brutal combat, here bomb back, let the body watch Star Trek. He's your host, Icy Robot. If you're looking for me, you better check under the sea. It is your dude, Icy Robots, and I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less week. And this week, I think it's going to get slightly less week. We're going to talk about some stuff. We're going to talk about some things. We're going to take some text messages and stuff. We're going to talk about Venom. I saw Venom, and I got some I got some thoughts on that. We're going to talk about that reprimand that we got from uh, Dr. Jane Walsh, the evil fish doctor. We're gonna we're gonna do a bunch of fun things. We're all gonna have a good time. It's all real. It's all true. You're gonna be you're gonna be so happy. Let me find this jam I got on the drive. It's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, here we go. You were listening to the Toys R Us report. We smell like we sound, and we're hungry like the wolf. It is therefore considered by the court that William H. Bonnie be hanged till he be dead. 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 You can go to hell, hell, hell. <laughs> the entire country is reading about our territory every day in the journals. And they're not reading about our growth towards statehood. What they are reading about is a 21-year-old delinquent. What scum? Who is making us look like imbeciles. I don't take to tenderfoots in my gang. It ain't your gang, Dave. It's your gang. What's Sutherland, Lou Diamond Phillips, Christian Slater, Balthazar Getty, Alan Rock, James Coburn, and William Peterson as Pat Garrett. You, I'll make you famous. Young Guns too. All right, it is me, and we are back, and we are ready to start another all fun, all new, exciting episode of. The greatest podcast in the world, the show known as the Toys R Us Report. We are, of course, 6.5 miles below the ocean surface. It's cold. It's dark. It's scary. It's weird down here, and none of it is made any better by by the uh, by the oppressive rulership of evil fish doctor, Doctor Jane Walsh, the captain. She she officially filed paperwork with Pooptronics HR last week, in which. In which she declared Ensign Emily and I both insubordinate. Now, while I may somewhat agree with the idea that Engineer Emily may have been a bit insubordinate, I by no means think that I was. I was just sitting around doing nothing, man. But it is what it is. Things happen. Time marches on. We cannot dwell in the past. As much as, as much as we are want to do... You cannot live in the past. You can visit the past. I try to visit the past all the time in many in many different ways. I go to the dig and I look at old stuff. I go I go to my uh, Earth base office and I watch my I watch VCR tapes on my old TV, but you can't you can't dwell in the past. The past is gone. You gotta you gotta let it go. You gotta kill it if you have to, to quote to quote the great Kylo Ren. I I don't know what to make of this. It almost feels as if we are in the midst of what some people might call a hostile work environment. And I don't know, I don't know what one is supposed to do when faced with these kind of, these kind of dilemmas. I'm not the type that's going to, I'm not going to go and call Pooptronics HR and report the doc 
I don't, I don't know how that, that, uh, that fixes anything I've found in the past. If you go and you try to report your superiors, all you get is, all you get is retaliatory behavior. And I, I wouldn't want to be trapped 6.5 miles below the ocean surface and also be the victim of retaliatory behavior. There are no laws on the bottom of the sea. She could just, she could just fire us out of a torpedo tube. And while Emily might survive, while Iceberg might survive, I myself would be highly unlikely to survive being launched out of a torpedo tube. You know, I think the station has torpedo tubes. I'm not entirely sure. I know that we do have, we do have some kind of defensive armaments and we have those, we have those submarines that we use to clean the outside of the, of the station. Those have like sonic blasters, but I, I think we have torpedoes. I don't know. I haven't even... I haven't even been around everywhere. There's a lot of places that are for, like, higher security clearances than your dude who only has the window scraping kind of clearance. I wish I had more, but I don't. We've we've just been laying low this week, me, Emily, and Iceberg. Iceberg is, he is masterful at laying low. Sometimes I, I feel like I don't see the guy for, like, days and days at a time. I I see Emily all the time, but she's she's not happy as you can imagine. She takes she takes things like disciplinary actions very personally. I myself I try to just I try to just like let them bounce off my back and keep keep on keeping on. Unless of course unless of course it's serious, but at this point like we like we heard at the end of the last episode, the Commodore just wants us to, just wants us to work it out. So, I, I'm not sweating it. I'm a nice guy, man. I, I'm nice, I'm friendly, I'm courteous. I don't see any reason why I couldn't get along with Jane Walsh and some of these, some of these other people here on the station. But, as of yet, have not really made that many friends. There's like a couple of people that I, I say what's up to as I go by. But I don't know, I don't know if they're being as friendly as they are just just being polite to an underling like some people are known to do. You know how you're walking by, you see the janitor, you give him a friendly what's up just so he knows just so he knows that you're not, you know, you're not conceited. Like you're not some stuck up rich cat. They they may be doing that. I don't know, but they they seem nice at any rate. Since last week there hasn't there hasn't been a lot going on. There's still that a lot of whale activity. I hear whale calls all the time. I'm surprised I don't hear any. I don't hear any right now. It seems like it's a it's a constant thing. We do not know what the deals with the whale is. I didn't even know that you could get whales this deep in the ocean, but apparently you can. Apparently they have found some way to. I know not. We have we have yet to get a hold of AB Silver. So that also is kind of kind of a boring announcement. It's always always fun to have Homie on the show, but um he's he's ghosted us for the time being. I I was checking on the on the Johnny coins this morning and they they actually went up to 15 cents per coin. So if you invested in that, you're only you're only down 85 cents per coin, which you know, unless you invested in millions and millions of coins, it's not Millions and millions of dollars. I hope nobody out there bought millions of Johnny coins. If you did, it was not because of me. Because I think that I think I tried to sway you away from it the the best the best that I could. I I don't know. I did take those ads. We did take those ads for the for the coin. So in some ways, I guess I guess that I am responsible. But I'm not gonna take I'm not gonna take full responsibility, man. We're all responsible. For our own actions, you know, there's no one to blame but yourself. If you, if you sold the uh, the family jewels and instead bought, instead bought Johnny coins, I, I have an interesting Johnny coin like offer. In the in the last segment of the show, we got we got some Johnny coin related merch. Since as we know, Johnny coin mania is still running wild. All over the place. So if you did not get down with that, you could potentially get down with this. We'll talk about that in the last segment. See how I'm, I'm building up anticipation for later. I, I don't know. Let's uh, let's move into the next part of the show. This is gonna be the main crux. We're gonna talk about two movies 
that just came out. One of them is a movie called A Star is Born. We're going to talk about that first. And then right after that, we're going to move into a... I'm going to talk about the latest Marvel offering. This isn't from Marvel, uh, Marvel Entertainment. This is one of the other ones. It's a movie known as Venom. In a moment, at the movies, without Ebert, Cisco, or even that dude Roper. But you've got icy robots, so that's something, right? I'm sorry. That's all right. It's not really all right. Let's play. The the first movie that I saw this week was a movie that's known as A Star is Born. It stars Bradley Cooper, who you might know as Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy, and also Lady Gaga, who you might know from from any number of pop songs. She's a She's a giant star as well as a as well as an accomplished actress. She was really she was really good in this. This is a remake, I believe, the third time that this has been that this has been made. I, I am not all that sure. I have not yet seen either of the other two. And honestly, I, I can't say that I can't say that I ever that I ever will. The movie was Brad Cooper's directorial debut, and I think that I think that he did a a very good job. This was this was a pretty good movie. It was very well shot. The pacing was all right. It had this it had this really nice candid feel to the whole thing. It felt a lot of times as if you were as if you were observing real life situations like you were like you were there with them as opposed to as opposed to like a big budget, you're behind the camera, everything everything was set up. This felt this felt small and real at points, and at other points, huge and amazing. I thought this was, I thought this was a lot of fun. It was a bit too long, but that's my, that's my complaint about a, a lot of movies. The, the story is basically this. Bradley Cooper is a, he is a big star in the music biz. He has become He's become jaded. He has a problem with the booze. He's always he's always hitting the bottle just to make it just to make it through the day. When he stumbles upon he stumbles upon a small time performance that Lady Gaga is putting on, and he he is immediately smitten with her and her talent. And he decides I need to be with this woman, and I also need to help her make it to the top. So he he takes her under his wing, and eventually she becomes a she becomes a giant star herself. A star is born, as they say. That's that's the basic the basic plot of the whole thing. It's it's a romance with a lot a lot of music. This is this is like a date movie. If you want to take the wife out to see something that she will enjoy and you will enjoy as well because it's a good movie. This is this is like the perfect thing to fill that. I I thought it was thought it was really good. I at one point, I had to leave to go to the restroom. It, it's long. I had to go to the restroom, and when I came back in, I could see the I could see the light shining on the faces of the women that were in the crowd. We saw this on a Monday, like a Monday morning. I was the only the only gentleman in in the cinema. There were maybe 15, 20 people altogether. I was the only dude. And as I was going up the steps, I could see I could see the women's faces, and more than one of them had just had tears rolling down rolling down their faces it's it's that kind of thing it is a it's a pretty pretty emotional movie it starts off with these with these amazing scenes of Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga meeting for the first time and spending time together just hanging out just going about town there these these scenes where they're in a they're in a grocery store parking lot and these these parts of them together are they're just amazing you can feel you can feel the chemistry between the two. the The romance has it's just like a, a, a real, 
a real raw, real, realistic feeling to it. And we all need romance. We all need stories of love. Men, women, everybody. We all need to see these stories of love. They they invigorate us. They make us feel they make us feel young again. I'll I'll tell to you a truth. While I was sitting there watching watching the the two of them just kind of kind of talk and flirt and get to know each other in this in this parking lot. It made me feel like I could meet, I would want to meet the old wife like all over again just so we could just so we could have these moments of the initial discovery. That's the that's the most exciting time in any relationship. That time when you're when you first meet each other and you're getting to know each other because everything is new, everything is exciting. Eventually, your love becomes rock solid and nothing can beat that. But those those initial moments cannot be beat for excitement. And you get to you get to witness this. You get to witness the two of them having this. And it it's so raw and it's so great that um I I would recommend seeing the movie just for that. The movie is super long though. It plays really long. By the end, while I was still enjoying it, I was thinking I I I feel like those parking lot scenes may have been, like, in another movie. You know what I mean? I'm like, remember that movie we saw about the two of them falling in love in the parking lot? That was great. Then you realize it's the same movie. It's still going on. But sometimes it just, it takes a long time to to tell a story. Not everything can be an hour and a half as much as I would, as much as I would like it to be. Bradley Cooper is really good in this. He is... He's a dynamite actor. He's been in a lot of things that I thought were really good. I thought the... Silver Linings Playbook was good. American Hustle is good. Guardians is good. He is a very, very talented actor. And in this, he shows that he has some skills as a director as well. But Lady Gaga is definitely the breakout star of this. I would not be surprised at all if she won the Oscar for this movie. She might win too. She has... A bunch of original songs in this movie, and there's one of them called The Shallows, that I would not be surprised if it won the Oscar for Best Original Song as well. She, She's a really talented person. Her music, while not my cup of tea, she does have a few jams that I think are alright, and she seems kind of... She seems kind of like a cool person. I've seen her interviewed a few times and stuff, and she seems alright. She seems, like, surprisingly down-to-earth for somebody who is the type of performer that she is. I I like her. I do have to say that it is like, you know, I'd have to give Lady Gaga a thumbs up as a as a performer as a person. She's she's absolutely dynamite in this. There are so many scenes where I feel as if they must have been improving the dialogue because it just it feels so natural and so real that well, it feels so natural and real that if somebody wrote this, they are they're an amazing, amazing writer, and they deserve all the, all the kudos. The movie is rated R for language throughout, some sexuality, nudity, and also acute substance abuse. It was directed by Brad Cooper. It is uh, 135 minutes, so it's two hours and 15 minutes. That's that's a long time. It stars Lady Gugu and Bradley Cooper, as well as there are some interesting choices of uh, casting in this. There's Dave Chappelle's in it. Eddie Griffin's in it, Sam Elliott, the great Sam Elliott, and then, most interestingly enough, Andrew Dice Clay plays Lady Gaga's dad, and he's dynamite! He is dynamite in this movie. He has come such a long way since the days of Ford Fairlane as an actor. I gotta give it, gotta give it up to Andrew Dice Clay. So, with all that said, on the good old-fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud... And five being an all-time classic. I am going to go ahead and give A Star is Born a real rock-solid 3.5 mics. 3.5 mics. We cannot just eat people. We whatever we want. Is there something you want to tell me? Look into my eyes. Cooperate. And you just might survive. How are you doing, Eddie? You look terrible. Oh, I have a parasite. Venom. 
I I have a lot of thoughts on Venom the character as well as Venom the movie. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with this with some just kind of like some random thoughts about the about the Venom character at large. He's one of the characters that over the course of my lifetime I have seen rise the most in prominence. The other ones are Deadpool, like Deadpool started off when I was into comics and he's made it up to the top, Harley Quinn, but Venom has had as much as an impact as any of them, well maybe not as much as like Harley Quinn and Deadpool, but he's, he's definitely, he's definitely made a dent in the pop culture, this is his second appearance in a movie, I, I feel like I have like a complicated history with this character there are there are certain comic book characters that appeal to they appeal to chuckleheads i i feel weird even saying that because they don't necessarily like only appeal to chuckleheads but there are characters that the chucks seem to go for there's like the punisher i'm not saying anything negative i like I like the Punisher a lot. Deadpool's another one that um appeals to chuckleheads. Lobo over in DC. I really love Lobo. I'm a bit of a bit of a chucklehead myself, but there are these certain characters that the uh that the chucklehead really goes for. And Venom is one of those that people people who happen to uh be a bit of a knucklehead really really seem to go for. And I know this all sounds mean and I I don't mean it that way at all by characterizing somebody as a chucklehead. I'm not saying that in any way they're a bad person or that they they can't have success in life. I'm just saying they're somebody who tends to like sillier things. It's cool, man. I like a lot of chuckleheaded things myself. I thought the Deadpool movies were really good. I like Lobo a lot. The Punisher is one of my favorite characters. I I dig it, but Venom has he has massive knucklehead appeal. I I categorize people in another way, and this way is I call them comic jocks. They are they're dudes who play sports and are like into sports, but also also like a comic, and they tend to like a comic character that goes out there and kicks a lot of butt. That's that's one of the the requisites for the the comic jock character and Venom. Venom also falls into being a comic jock favorite because he goes out there, he's black, he bites people's heads, he has like a super scary look. He has everything that a that a comic jock wants in a character. So when you combine these two groups of the chuckleheads and the comic jocks and just the people who read comics, you know, at large, Venom is wound up to have like a really, really, really big audience. An audience uh, that's way bigger than characters who appear like they may be more successful on the surface. Like like a Black Panther or whatever, like a Wonder Woman. And when I say successful, I mean like as far as like selling comics. Venom sells comics. Venom sells merch. These guys, these other guys had a lot of success once they hit the movie screen. But Venom's been like, as far as in comicdom, he... Sells a lot of books. There are a lot of Venom action figures. I see Venom busts and statues. This stuff, this stuff really moves. He puts, he puts butts in the seats. I, I guess we should have, we should have seen this coming. You know, there's, there's a lot of chuckleheads, a lot of comic jocks. And it takes, it takes all kinds to make the, uh, to make the world spin though. I, I've never been into a Venom comic, not really, I, I've never been, like, much of a Spider-Man dude, like, in the first place, so Venom has never, never really crossed into a lot of the things that I, uh, that I do read over at Marvel, but I also, I have to say, I don't really have, like, a giant grasp on the, on the background of Venom as far as being a comic character, he's like, he's like a a Spider-Man suit that was really an alien symbiote. And he he bonds with people, and he's had different careers with different people. He's been part of he's been a part of, of Max Gergen, the the Scorpion. I know that he's been on Flash Thompson. When he when he combined with Flash, they became I think it was called Agent Venom, and he was like some kind of a secret agent or something. I don't know. He looked he looked a lot like Snake Eyes in the pictures the pictures that I've seen Agent Venom. But there's there's a lot of different versions of Venom, and I think that also that also serves to keep the character fresh. You know, he has a way to, like, switch it up more than, 
more than other dudes. You know who's another comic book uh comic jock character that they they really dig is Wolverine. Wolverine's a character who does have a lot of depth and he's made a lot of cool movies. There's been a lot a lot a lot of a lot of cool Wolverine stories, but Wolverine appeals to chuckleheads and comic jocks alike. That's another reason. That's another reason he's had such a successful uh, career. That that Wolverine make a character who goes out there unbeatable, kicks a lot of butt, kills a lot of people, and for a while that was that was the ultimate key to to success. I I had a a Venom action figure for the longest time in the. In the 2000s, it was the um, the Marvel superheroes Venom with the with the living skin slime pores. It was it was something that we had for kind of a laugh. This was during that period where I was like, I'm too cool for toys. I'm not into that at all. But this one's really weird. It was it was a Venom figure with like articulation at the el- at the the shoulders and and the hips and the head. But he he had like a hollow cavity in his chest and a small hole in his front and. You could put slime in the into the into the cavity and push down with them with like a plunger that came with it, and it would it would cause the slime to come out of the front of his chest. We we thought that figure was so funny. We we were just like check out the slime. This was also when when slime was was like the thing. Slime's a thing again nowadays. When you when you go to the flea market, you actually see quite a few slime vendors. It's usually Usually young gals looking like, I don't like think like junior high age gals. And they probably, you know, they have little little slime parties at home and they make their slime. They bring it down to the flea market. I'll, I'll often buy one. It seems like a nice thing to do. I just, I pick one out that looks weird and I'll, I'll buy one. I buy Girl Scout cookies. I buy Boy Scout stuff. I don't know, man. I, I like to, um, I like to find these small ways you can be, you can be nice. It's like a easy way to build up some karma. You know, it's like karma bonuses. And, you know, we can all use as many good points as, as we can earn. It definitely, definitely doesn't hurt. Um, where, where was I? Oh, Venom Slime. The Slime Poor Venom. That, that was such a silly action figure. And I had it forever. I think I still have him. I no longer have the plunger. I have these, these boxes in, in the garage with lots of, like, random old figures. And I'm pretty sure I saw the Slime Poor Venom when I was, when I was digging through there the other day looking for, Looking for stuff. I was looking for like accessories I could use with my Migos, like Migo scale accessories. I found a few, a few funny, uh, funny little things. But um, the the Venom movie opened the same week as a Star Is Born, and it's a bit hectic schedule wise up there, up there on the um, at the Earth base. So we only had time to take in one one flick, and. It was it was going to be a Stars Born. This looked like a really good movie. We've been looking forward to it for a long time. And to to be honest, Venom was the first Marvel movie that's come along in a long while where I where I look at it and I go, I don't know if I'm going to see this at all. It looked it looked super bad. I I figured I would see it at some point, but I was I was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to see this opening weekend. I always always see the Marvel movies opening weekend, but it, it turned out, it turned out that I did. My, my uncle called me up and he's like, Hey, do you want to go see a movie? And I said, yeah, I do. Do you, do you want to see Venom? And he's like, okay, let's go. We'll, we'll take in a flick every once in a while to catch up. It's nice. You know, you should spend time, spend time with your family. If you, if you have some living around you and we, we went over to the, to the airport cinema to take in Venom. And I, I got to say going in, I was thinking this movie is going to be awful. The kid, the kid 2.0 actually went to see it the the Sunday of the weekend that it came out. She's part of a comic club at her at her high school and they were all going to go take in Venom and when she came back I said, "How was it?" and she's like, "It was awful." Me and two other people left halfway through and we went to the coffee shop at the theater and just hung out there instead. It was horrible. And I'm like, how do you mean by horrible? She's like, it's gruesome. It's morbid. He's biting heads off. It was disgusting. I hated it. And I left. And I said, hmm, I haven't, I haven't seen that, uh, that reaction before. So going in, I did not have very high hopes for Venom. But I do have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. I did not hate this movie at all. I kind of liked it a little bit. Over the years, I found going into a movie, if you... If you think it's going to be awful, 
you frequently leave thinking it's not awful. Those lowered expectations really do wonders for your for your perspective. I I didn't think this was the best Marvel movie of all time, but it was it was far from the worst. Let's try to place it in the in the order of Marvel. What would be down at the bottom? The Ghost Rider movies with Nicolas Cage, that's down there. Um Wolverine Origins, that's that's down at the bottom. The the Punisher movies, the one with the one with Thomas Jane is down there. The other one with the guy who was Titus Ploy from Rome. That was that one was alright, but it doesn't this one, Venom, it doesn't go down there with those. It goes up near the up near the bottom of the of the decent ones. It's not as good as X-Men 3. It's not as good as Blade 3, but it's better than Spider-Man 3. It's it's probably better than X-Men Apocalypse to be to be honest in that it's much shorter and it's it's fun and it's dumb, which is which is something you need sometimes. The movie is it's super dumb. It's full of wisecracks, dumb wisecracks, and like heads getting bitten off. But it's fun. It's dumb fun, which is which is something you need sometimes, man. There are all kinds of things out there that you can enjoy, and something that's kind of kind of dumb, kind of fun. It it's not it's not the worst thing that there is. Let's let's like we'll we'll kind of go over the story briefly. In this, we have Tom Hardy as. As Eddie Brock, he is an investigative journalist who gets he gets caught up with the Venom symbiote, and he becomes he becomes Venom, and this brings him at odds with the with the tech billionaire who owns the symbiote, played by uh, Riz Riz Ahmed, who was Bodie Rook in Rogue One, and along the way there is conflict and there is fights and all sorts of. All sorts of stuff. He has uh, personal issues with his with his gal pal played by played by Michelle Williams from uh, Dawson Creek. It's it's not the worst movie I've ever ever seen in my life. Far far from it. It's not it's not the best movie I've ever seen in my life. But I did I did have a decent time with it. It really it really moves along. It starts off and it goes and it goes. It's almost like they don't even have a second act. It moves right into the third act, and before you know it, it's over. And you're like, huh, not the worst thing I've ever ever seen the the third act is it's a bit of a mess it's not a giant mess but venom is black and his adversary is also black and they're fighting they're fighting at night and they're like these black colored shapes you know they they can they can alter their forms because they're kind of they're kind of gelatinous you know so they can do all kinds of kind of weird quick changes to their form so it's like these blobs floating around against the black surface and I I had a hard time like picking out the spots of what was what was going on but that's fine because it wasn't it wasn't that long of a scene it it kind of got kind of got over pretty quick and you moved almost immediately into the end Tom Hardy who plays Venom is he's a really good actor he was Bane in Batman Returns he's been in a lot of a lot of good movies. He makes some weird, some weird choices. And this is Eddie Brock. Eddie has kind of a weird accent. He has kind of, kind of a lot of weird mannerisms. But it's not, it's not like it's unpleasant to watch or anything. The whole movie is, it's not as bad as people are saying. I've heard, heard some reports that it's just like super gosh awful. And it's not, it's not that. Let's see what is going on over on the, on the tomates right now. Check this out. The critics got it at 30%. Only 3 out of every 10 critics like it. But the audience has it at 89, 8.9 out of every 10 people who see this movie think that it's alright. And I'm, I'm one of them too. Like I said, a lot of comic jocks, a lot of chuckleheads, a lot of chuckleheads like me. I, I don't know man. It was alright. It is 112 minutes. It has it has a post credit scene that I didn't stay and wait for because I don't know. I didn't I didn't care. It's PG thirteen for intense sequences of sci fi violence and action and for language. A lot of heads get bitten off. You don't see that. They they kinda cut away and you hear like you hear like a squish. So I don't know. It's not 
It's not exactly appropriate for all ages, but a lot of the violence kind of happens, kind of happens off screen. But it is, it is pretty violent. It is pretty gross. So, with all that said, on the good old fashioned Source Magazine mic meter, with one being a dud and five being an all time classic, I'm going to go ahead and give Venom a solid three mics. Available now from Electronics Toys. This case pilot attack in action figure plays it. They are blowing us up. They're not blowing us up, Iceberg. It looks, it, the shields are still holding. Are, are, is everything okay? Are the shields holding? They are at 37% efficiency, sir. Snoogans. Okay, we're going to have to do something. They're softening us up for an attack. Let's move those desks over near the doors. Come on, let's go. The first ever release from Pitonic's Toy. The Space Pirates Attack. Available now at icrobots.com. While supplies last. It's yours? No. I mother said she found it in your closet. I don't know. One of the guys was... Lost the what? Look, Dad, it's Where not... Where did you get it? Dad, Answer me. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. You made it this far. It's time. The final segment. The Icy Robots Radio Pop Culture slash Toy News slash Other Boring Stuff Informational Moment. All right, it is me, and we are back for what is the final segment of the show. This is the one where I talk about things I bought, things I saw, things like that. I also I got a couple text messages this week. We'll we'll take those in in a bit, but let's let's start with the big news. We are ready to drop. We're gonna drop a new merch. It is a Johnny Coin, a Johnny Coin pinback, aka a button, the kind that you. You know, the kind that you pin to your shirt, or maybe you pin on your hat. I know not, I know not where you put your buttons, maybe on your, maybe on your denim vest. I wear them, I wear them on the pocket of my shirt, if I'm wearing like a, like a, like a long sleeve button up, or like a short sleeve button up. I, I wear a lot of cowboy style shirts, and I'll, I'll like pin them on the, uh, on the pocket. It's neat. It has a Johnny coin on it. You can find those over at icrobots.com, but check it out. It is a whole... It's a whole gift pack. You get that, you get another sticker, you get two more stickers, then you get a couple video droid labels. It's great. It all can be yours for the low price of $9.99 shipped. That is, that's a delightful price for like six or seven things. Hop on over to icrobots.com to check that out. It's going to be great. You want this. I think you do. It's a nice way, nice way to support the show and also get something back. You're really... You're really getting your money worth with uh with this one. Trust me, you want this. For the most part, the the money of this operation is gonna be filtered back into uh to getting more merch. I've discovered that if I actually buy the thing and have it in hand, it is much, much, much cheaper than like putting it on Redbubble or something. If I do this, I can get these things to you at a much lower price. I just need the operating capital to get started. What was that? I've never, I've never heard that particular bloop around here before. I wonder, I wonder if that's something I should, I should know about. I guess, I guess they'll tell me, they'll tell me if I do, but I realize that if I get the thing myself, it's much cheaper than Redbubble, and that means I can get it to you at a much, much more affordable price, like, with this Johnny Coin sticker slash button gift pack, $9.99, icrobots.com. Let's, Let's move forward into the show. I got a few different text messages, and if you want to, you can at any time give us a call, shoot us a text. The number is, this is a Google voicemail, it is 707-532-JAMS or 707-5267. I... I always forget the number. I forget the I forget the numbers. I remember the five three two jams, but I think I should also say five two six seven. For whatever reason, those numbers like they just don't stick in my head. Let's uh let me see. I got a 
I got a couple here. Let's start with the first one. What are your thoughts on Toys R Us? There's there's not a name on this. You guys leave me your name. I want to say who you are. I want to give you a shout out for uh for texting in, but I I appreciate it at any rate. My thoughts on Toys R Us are this. I I imagine he's talking about the recent relaunch or the announcement of a relaunch that Toys R Us will be rebranded as Jeffrey's Toy Box and will open up as a as a store within a store during the during the holiday season and maybe potentially after that as a as an actual store. I I don't have a lot of thoughts on this. Of course, I'm excited about the the announcement that Toys R Us will be back in our lives, but I I've also come to the conclusion, and many of you came to this a long time ago, there'll never there'll never be a Toys R Us in our life like Toys R Us was in the past. What I mean by that is there will never be a Toys R Us again in the location on Santa Rosa Avenue that I've been going to for so 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 many years. So I've I've given up on any any Toys R Usness in my life, if that makes sense. Of course, I will go check out Jeffrey's Toy Box. I'll be, I'll be excited to do so. And if they opened up a Jeffrey's Toy Box actual store location, I would go there. I would be, I would be super happy to go there. But the, the relationship is a bit wounded at this point. You know how everything went down wasn't, wasn't done with a lot of class, wasn't done with a lot of gravitas, and I... The relationship is wounded is really the best way to put it. They're going to have to, they're going to have to earn their way back in with me, I guess, is what I'm saying. And I hope, I definitely hope that they do. I would love it if they did, if they came correct and they started opening up stores and things were great. I would be the happiest guy in the world, but they, they gotta, they gotta show and prove with me first, I guess. That is... That is how I feel. I'm still sad. I still miss the place when we go by. I get bummed, but I've I've moved on. I guess is what I what I mean to say. I've been enjoying my Mego hunts over at the Target more than I more than I would care to admit. And there'll be more there'll be more about that in a in a little bit. But I I've moved on. I guess I didn't I didn't want to. But what choice What choice do you have when something when something like this happens, I I appreciate the text. It was it was a good question. I didn't really know how to I didn't know how to get into any of this. I I don't know. Let's see. We got another one here and this is this is from Sean. Sean, I appreciate I appreciate you reaching out to us like this and he says, "I see that you buy a lot of Blu-rays. I'm curious. What are your thoughts on digital movies?" I I got nothing against a digital movie, to be honest. I don't, I don't own any. Over the years, I have, like, purchased a few digital pay-per-views of movies. Movies that I wanted to see that I couldn't find around the, um, around the Joe Video or whatever. I, I watch stuff on Netflix. I watch stuff on the Amazon Prime Video on the Roku. I have a Roku. That's how... That's how I watch things. What I what I do mainly with that is I'll I'll look for out of print things, weird things I saw when I was a when I was a youth. Episodes of the Baseball Bunch, episodes of Baseball This Week or This Week in Baseball, rather things like that, and I'll download them if I can. And I use I use this Roku app called the Plex, which in you can see things that you have like on a hard drive or on your computer via your network on the Roku on the big screen. I like that. I watch that not as much as I have in the past. I have things like the like the Star Wars holiday special, like that one comedic roast of Batman they did back in the day. Things like that. Things that don't necessarily air like ever. I I don't have like an iTunes. I don't have any movies in the iTunes when I when I buy a Blu-ray or whatever, I see that they have free digital downloads. And to be honest, I don't, I don't even know how to cash those in. I assume that you just go to your iTunes and enter, enter a code and then you can watch the movie. And I do think sometimes that like, maybe I would want to do that because then I could watch some of my Blu-rays when I'm, when I'm down here in the, um, in the undersea base. That would be cool. I don't necessarily want to bring a bunch of discs with me, but I could, I could bring my laptop and my, you know, my digital codes. I, I have nothing against it. I just haven't necessarily got into it yet. At the at the Joe video, he sells the digital codes for movies that he 
that he buys to put in stock. I think they're only like two or three ninety nine. I I see them as a great bargain. I've seen people buy them. I saw some lady go in there and grab like a handful and buy them all. So they're another way for Joe Video to make money. And I definitely, definitely appreciate that. I I have considered getting them. They they seem like a cheap way to have a movie, but I haven't I haven't really set up the the digital downloads or whatever yet. But I. I definitely appreciate that question. That was that was a good one. I am sometimes slow on the uptake with with new technology, and this isn't even new technology. It's ancient. It's ancient technology, and I'm not with it yet. We got one more, and that's from it's from our dude engineer nerd from over on Ashton Figure Blues. He was on there the other week talking talking Migos. He talked about Chekhov. That was that was great. If you if you don't listen to that show, I highly recommend it. Action Figure Blues on Find it on iTunes at Action Figure Blues on Twitter. He is at Engineer Nerd on the tweets. He says, So now that you are under the sea, what are your favorite diver toys? That's a good that's a good question. Coming up, I was always prone to play with my toys in the bathtub. That was one of that was one of my favorite things to do. The the Fisher Price Adventure people to me have the best aquatic action figures. I still, even to this day, I have like an adventure people. It's like the uh, the diving gimmick that the the guy fits inside of it. It has like two pontoony kind of things on the side and like a like a pincher in the front. I have that in the in the tub area. But when I was younger, I was into that one. The pack it came with a diver. And like an octopus or a squid or whatever it was, and like a treasure chest, and then like a like a buoy that would go over his head. I was I was crazy into that. I used to play with that one all the time. I liked the squid. I'd play with the squid above ground, and I would play with the play with the diver in the tub. Of course, I like GI Joe's divers. I like the I like the dude who's the seal. I like the guy Deep Six who comes with the um with the one vehicle that floats. But also flies. I used to play with that in the tub a lot. I'd also, I'd also just take my normal dudes into the tub. I'd, I had this thing I'd like to do, and I don't even really know why. I'd like to squish their feet into the soap so that they were standing in the bar with soap, and then they would sink to the bottom of the tub like, like I'm in a Goodfellas, and I'm like, you're gonna sleep with the fishes down there, stormtrooper. I, I would do that a lot. That was one of my favorite things. I. I like a toy that really floats. That's that's my thing. That's one of the deals with the adventure people. If they made a boat, it would float. And I always thought that was great. I I have just so many fond memories of playing with um with toys in the tub. I ah just it was neat, man. It was one of the like you could go in the pool and that was fun too. But when you're in the pool, you're not like you're not like sitting with your toys. You know, when you're like a kid, you're like sitting there just like boop, 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 boop shooting it up when you're in the when you're in the pool that was that was fun to float them around too but it wasn't quite the same it's neat though because in the pool they're kind of they're kind of like eye level you know if you have like a like a doughboy pool like we had back in back in Illinois engineer nerd I appreciate that that was that was a good question man I I also appreciate you tweeting me the other day when you were like have you found the Frankenstein yet our boy was over at a Target, and he saw a couple Frankenstein, and he messaged me to see if I had one. He was going to hook me up. I definitely, definitely appreciate that. We're talking the Mego Wave 2 Frankenstein. I went ahead and ordered it from Target Online. I think I mentioned that last week. We're going to talk about, going to talk about Frank in a bit. Thank you, uh, E-Nerd. Thank you, everybody, for texting in. That's great. I, I like that. It gives me something to talk about that I hadn't really thought about ahead of time. Let's, uh... Let's move into Mego Watch. That's um, that's become like a super regular thing. It's like all we're talking about is the Migos over at Target, but it's all there is as far as toys. It's really got me excited right now. So I do, I do have my Frankenstein in hand, and I, I love him. I am just tickled pink. He looks so, his face looks like. Like, super dumb. He looks like I'm just a dumb monster who doesn't know anything. He has a really cool, really cool green shirt and green pants. The pants in particular are pretty nice. I like the material they're made of. I would, I would get some pants like this myself. He has the, you know, the, the Mego posability. That's the, the coolest thing about Amigo. He also has, like, a black t-shirt. And he comes with a, like, a small length of chain. Like, the kind that a, like, a wrestler would use to, uh secretly hit another wrestler with the kind they would pull out of their trunks the 
The wrist joint when I got him was loose, but I I just squeezed that a little bit with a um like a pair of needle nose pliers, and that's all. That's all good. It makes him also look a bit more battle damaged. I I love him a lot. He's such a weird color of green. He's almost like a key lime pie, which is which is one of my favorite varietals of pie. He has these he has these big boots. I have yet to take any of the Migos shoes off. Let's let's see. Kind of a bit of a struggle here. I don't wanna I don't wanna keep pulling on him and hurt his foot, but I'm curious what his foot looks like. I bet he has weird feet. Let's see. I don't wanna hmm. I don't wanna keep wrenching on this. I'll let you know. I'll let you know what Frankie's feet look like. But he's he's a really cool figure. He doesn't have any bolts on his head, which is a feature I would like, but I'm cool with him not having it. I have also, I finally seen the Wave 2 figures in the store. They were in the Cottingtown Mall Target. This is, this is the one where I saw the, where I saw a bunch of them, and then I was going there every day. Well, we finally, we finally saw some. They had moved them into the aisle near where the, where the Marvel figures are, and I understand I understand that's where Amigos are going to be in the future, and I'm fine with that. I've also seen some stores put them over in that, that like collector area over near the over near the electronics. But I, I did find them. I didn't find any of the ones I wanted. The ones I want the most, besides Frankenstein, are the Gorn, the Gorn from Star Trek, and I also want Greg Brady. This is the this is the Greg Brady from the Hawaiian Vacation where they find that haunted tiki idol, and he's wearing like a Hawaiian shirt and he has the idol around his neck. I think this. I think this figure is great. I also want um, Cliff Clavin from from Cheers, and I did not find him either. But that's okay. I I have hope that I will. I saw I saw Paul Stanley from Kiss, and I did not buy him because he looked kind of goofy in the pack to me. The whole time I'm doing this, I'm I'm playing with my Frankenstein. I I thought that he looked goofy in the pack, but then I saw somebody on the Mego Ambassador Facebook group had opened one, and it looked pretty cool. So if I go back and he's there, I might I might pick him up. I'm not the biggest Kiss fan in the world. I don't I don't know more than like a couple of their tunes to be honest with you. But I I dig the image, and I had a I had a Kiss doll when I was a kid. I had Gene Simmons, so I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind getting one. I just, I don't know. He didn't look that great. The one I did, the one I did pick up while I was there was Richie Cunningham. I have yet to open him. I'm saving him. I'm saving him for the perfect moment. But he looks cool. He comes with, he comes with like a milkshake or an ice cream sundae as his accessory. His, his starter sweater looks nice and everything. It's weird though. He has brown hair. Which is which is odd, and facially he doesn't look a lot like Ron Howard. He looks more like he looks more like KJ Appa, the kid who plays Archie on on Riverdale. But that's okay. I mean, I guess I could I could pretend like he's Archie. That would be that would be fun. You all know how much I like the Arch. Let's see what else is going on. Oh, check it out! I got an issue of Fangoria in the mail. Fangoria is back. This. This is a bit of a story back, I don't know, four or five years ago, I saw that Fangoria was going to relaunch, so I, so I subscribed, and I think I got one, maybe two issues, and then they went under, and I, I just kind of like put it out of the back of my mind, it's, you know, things happen like that, but then I was on, I was on Twitter, and I saw somebody post that Fangoria was back, and I was like, well, what about the, uh, you know, the 10 issues you guys owe me? I was just, I was just funning around. But then they messaged me and they said, hey, give us your address and we'll, we'll send them to you. And I said, okay. So I, I sent them my address thinking nothing would ever, nothing would ever come from it. But lo and behold, I got Fangoria in the mail. So I got to say, the new publishers of Fangoria are on the up and up. They have earned, they've earned my trust in the way that Jeffrey's Toy Box will will someday have to. They they definitely came correct. They're going to be publishing quarterly. The magazine is it is thick. It's very nice. It's published on very nice paper. It is a high high quality magazine and it came with a it came with the free poster. I'm I'm very very pleased. I'm very very happy to be getting Fangoria again. I hope that I hope that the new publishers make it. I wish them nothing but the best. I think that you could trust them. 
I highly recommend the magazine. If you guys are on the fence about it, give it a shot, man. It's always, always nice to have a, to have a print copy of something in your hand. I still, I still get quite a few magazines. I get Entertainment Weekly. I get Sports Illustrated. I get Pro Wrestling Illustrated, where in which just the other week, I got the uh, PWI 500, where they talk about the top 500 wrestlers in the world. I get Mad Magazine. I just got the Halloween Mad. I'm pretty, pretty excited to be digging into that. What else? Oh, next week, we were going to be going to the Sinister Creature Con in Sacramento. I, I had dedicated the whole episode to it. We... We planned on going because the guest of honor for the show was the legendary Sherilyn Finn, who you might know from any number of things. Most most likely Twin Peaks she played. She played Audrey. They were gonna have a they were gonna have a Twin Peaks panel with her, Laura Palmer, and somebody else that I was that I was really looking forward to, but I have I've just received news. I got this news the other day. I'm just trying to make it sound more exciting, but we have received news that Sherilyn Finn has to cancel, so I I don't know if we're even going to go at all. It's like a two, two and a half hour drive, and I was really only going to go see Sherilyn Finn. She was, she was like the biggest crush of mine during the era that I worked in the video store. At this point, she's putting out movies like, like Two Moon Junction, like Boxing Helena, these, these real steamy erotic thrillers, and she was like... She was like the biggest crush of mine of that era. To me, she is like a legendary figure. Working at the store, I would I would get the first pick of things that came out and I was always keeping an eye out for like a new like a new Sherilyn Finn feature and whenever it would come out, I would take it home and I would watch it. She was she was the cat's meow as far as I was concerned and I never not ever thought I would get the chance to be like, you know, in the room speaking to her. I was really looking Looking forward to it, but sadly, she canceled, but I've heard that she is going to reschedule for the next Creature Con, Sinister Creature Con, in, I think, June, but again, like, Jeffrey's Toy Box, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it, but I'm, I'm pretty disappointed at the moment right now, I, I don't think that we'll end up going, every time you go to Sacramento on the weekend, the traffic back is bananas, and outside of... Outside of meeting Sherilyn Finn, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot I was going for. There was, there's going to be like a cool panel with Eddie Furlong and stuff. And it seemed, it seemed like fun. But to be honest, Sherilyn Finn was the big draw. And with her pulling out, I'm like, "Mm, maybe I'll go. Maybe I won't. More than likely, more than likely I won't. But I'm sad because I, I was just looking forward to, uh, shaking her hand, saying hi, and being in the presence of somebody that I, like, admired from afar for so long. Sad, sad news for me, but good news for you is that the first episode of the POS, the patron-only show, has dropped. That's available over on Patreon at supportthereport.com. It's spelled like it sounds, supportthereport.com. That is a that's a new kind of off-the-cuff show that I that I'm putting over there for people who support the show with with their hard-earned money. You can become a member of that for as little as a dollar a month. There's a ton, a ton, a ton of fun stuff over there. Besides, besides the POS, the POS is an hour. It's like me just off the cuff talking about different stuff into the into the Olympus recorder that I recently purchased. I. I like the first episode a lot. I think you do want to check it out. It's getting rave reviews so far. I just I just finished the second one. I think the second one is even better. Gino Vega's on it. There's Uh-oh. I don't I don't know if I should if I should answer that. I I got into so much trouble last time with with Dr. Walsh. I think I think I'm just going to let it go. What would what would you do? What if I pick it up and they go, is Dr. Jane Walsh here? But what if I don't pick it up and it's it's somebody up there for me? I ugh, I don't know what to do. What what should I what should I do? I think I'm gonna I think I'm just gonna let it ring. Maybe well, I was gonna answer it, but I 
I hope it wasn't for me. Um, so you could get down with the POS. It's over on supportthereport.com. I highly recommend that you do so. The first first episode is fun. Second episode is even better. Like I just said, Gino Vega. Gino Vega was on it. I recorded some stuff with me hanging out with my dude James over at the movie theater. There's a lot of... A lot of cool stuff. You can get down with that for as little as a dollar a month. Of course, I would appreciate more. I'd appreciate tons more, but that's all it takes to get down. So, next week we'll have something fun. We'll be back. It'll be great. So, signing off for me, Icy Robots, Engineer Emily, uh, Iceberg, Ensign Kate, I guess, whoever was on the phone, Dr. Jane Walsh. This has been... Episode number 172 of the Toys R Us Report. If you don't know, I know. This has been I See Robots Radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, Please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week. Hey, I got a ring up here too. Mine says love. Think about that. Everybody love everybody! Come on! Portions of our broadcast day may be presented either in whole or in part by means of videotape or film reproduction. This is KTXL TV 40, signing off the air, ending another schedule of broadcasting. KTXL, Sacramento, Stockton, California.